I know everybody's seen a reference to this report that came out from Gallup uh, about the religious affinity and affiliations of Americans. And it's a pretty interesting study by Gallup in terms of the religious practice of Americans. But it's also very jarring. From 1937 to 2000, right around the 70% mark, 70% of Americans, from 37 to 2000, long period of time, have had an affiliation with a church, mosque, or synagogue. They have a spiritual home, if you will. They are tied in to a church of some sort. 70%. So when we all grew up, it was pretty safe to say, oh, what church do you go to? What parish do you go to? And there would always be an answer. Our sense of belonging in our religious life was part of a definite community. 2000 starts changing. And just in the last 20 years, we've gone from 70% down to 47%. Less Americans than ever before are affiliated with any kind of organized religion at all. Interesting stat, though. 88% or whatever, whatever that number is, pretty consistent. Americans believe in God and have some sort of spiritual life, personal spiritual life. So that gap in terms of being in a church and this, by the way, the 47% is just recent, but we were, we were about 50% before COVID. Gang, we're not going back. What you see is what you get, maybe a little bump up. The days of predictable church life are coming to an end, statistically, in this country. Just because we did it in 1950, 1970, 1980, doesn't mean we're going to do it in the future. Statistically, and all the evidence, because who are holding on to churches? <laughs> I grew up at 68 years old. I grew up in church. It was fun. It was great. Church has always been part of a pillar of my life. It's normal. It's natural. Well, the generation behind us, X, a little bit lower. Millennial and X, way up. It's not coming back. So, meanwhile, folks in church, the hand-wringing. The hand-wringing. How can we get them back? We're waiting for that special program that comes out of Richmond. Yes, that will do it. Or a national whatever. No. And one of the important reasons why people are not part of church is because, for a lot of different reasons, it's just not one, but a big part is like, so what? Church is, to a lot of people, irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't speak my needs. It doesn't give me a sense of direction. It, it, whatever it might be, now granted, you know, we're living in a culture that likes to be entertained. We like, we're sort of a transactional culture now anyway. There's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Therefore, there's no one answer. But, but for me, I sort of like context too. All right, if we got problems now, 
my knee-jerk reaction as a history major. So, so what started us in the beginning? When there was no church before, what created church? What was the impetus, the energy that in fact formed the church? Maybe it would be good to look at that side of the equation instead of wringing our hands about the sky is falling, especially during the Easter season. And we have a beautiful illustration of the formation of church in the Acts of the Apostles. There's two classic texts, Acts 2 and Acts 4. We have the Acts 4 one, which is socialism in the second century. <laughs> How they came together as one in mind and heart. That there was a sense of unity around something that people could feel and understand was a transcending force. They came together because of an experience of Jesus, because of their faith. And their faith gave new meaning to life. And new meaning to life was something we shared with one another. So much so that it got very concrete. If there are needs among you, I'll sell my house and part of the proceeds will go to help the people in the community that need help. Well, those are the old days. You really want to go all the way back to the old days? I don't think so. Not when it was that radical. And indeed, there was always a sense of how the experience of Jesus was so transformative and so expansive in terms of how I see and believe and act that it had direct consequences in the life of the world around me. And you know as well as I, if you go to a group of people and one, they're upbeat, they seem to be decisive, and they seem not to be navel gazers in terms of their own world, and they really, really are effective in the world, guess what? What makes you all tick? I want to join you. That the impetus of becoming church was a driving energy that we'll talk about at Pentecost, but it was the life of Jesus. And the desire to incorporate that life of Jesus into their own lives. I don't know what the future is going to hold for the church. I don't know what the, whole, what the future is going to hold for this parish. But I do know the day we, in our fear, disconnect from that life source of Jesus, we're cooked. It's over. The last one, turn off the lights. Why? Because we reduce church to simply a social gathering. I like my parish because all my friends are there. Wonderful, I'm glad your friends are there. Tell me about Jesus. Oh, Father, I'm awkward about that. That's part of our problem. That's the challenge. 84 parishioners got together over Lent to talk about Jesus. And some even admitted, I've never done this before. I've never shared my faith. Oh, let's talk about parish politics. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about Jesus. I don't think so. But it is Jesus that creates the very foundation of why we even put this building up. Getting back to the roots is not a bad thing. You know, you're all doing it in your gardens. I'm going to hack this plant back, as you did, and all this weather, and suddenly new growth is coming out of it. Is the bush smaller than it was last year? Yeah, but you cut it back. Why? So it's fuller this year. The relevancy of church is directly tied to the credibility of faith. 
And that brings me then to the gospel. I've always, always had a soft spot for Thomas. Maybe it's because it's all the years I've done campus ministry, and I think every single college student I've ever met. Can I talk about my doubts? It's part of the faith journey. Doubting is not a problem. Doubting, a lot of times, is a question you need to raise that you search out more. Not a healthy doubt is really a good thing because it stimulates curiosity and a drive to come to understand something. And so, when Thomas goes to the upper room, getting out the supplies, I guess, and he comes back up to the room. Think about this scenario. Knock, 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 the secret knock. Inside, who's it? Tom, okay. Suddenly, unclick, 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 the nine deadbolts. The door. Yeah, okay, it's you. Come on, quick, quick. Anybody see it? No. Click, click, click. Lock him back up. Oh, Tom, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Oh, thanks for sharing. But I don't think I believe that. It makes sense why he would not believe. Because the world doesn't look different. How about second scenario? Thomas comes back from getting the supplies or whatever he's doing. Instead, he comes to the upper room. The door's wide open. The windows are all open. The room's empty. A big note in the middle of the room on the table. Tom! Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Sorry, we can't stay around. we got to tell the world. See you at dinner. <laughs> if Thomas walked into that kind of room, I don't think he'd be doubter. He would hear the words of faith, and he would see the transformation of that proclamation in the world he left which was filled with fear, now filled with freedom. That's church. That's church. And we are all part of that. We can parrot all sorts of theological lines, but it's living with the freedom of the resurrection that is really the credibility we give to the world. In this world of COVID, in this world of political nonsense, in this world of everything that is so bad, why are you so happy, you people of ICC? Do you got a secret the rest of the world doesn't know? It's not a secret, but a lot of the world doesn't know. It is, and I don't mean to sound like a Baptist because they got it right too. They've, it's Jesus. It is a sense of confidence that the hope we have truly matters in the life of the world. Brothers and sisters, may we understand that freedom and may we boldly proclaim in our own way through action the liberation Jesus brings to us all. See you tonight at dinner and we can talk all about it.